This is how it was at the Olympic Games. Karsten Warholm just in front of Rye Benjamin. And of course, Karsten Warholm has gone out as though something is chasing him. And something is Rye Benjamin. And the big three are delivering. Dos Santos is in perfect position. Rye Benjamin, though, will need to move now. It's going to matter for him where he is at hurdle eight. He says he wants to be ready to strike there. Will he be in position? Watch Dos Santos, who is still in the lead at this point. In Tokyo a year ago, Rye Benjamin had the inside lane, Ray Benjamin gets ahead of Karsten Warholm, but it's Alison Dos Santos of Brazil, Warholm is failing, he's going out the back, it's an upset, Alison Dos Santos of Brazil is a world champion, and he breaks the collegiate record, we promised you a good race, we just did not know that it was going to be this dominant a win by the Brazilian, the world championships in track and field bring and the best of the best to the stage, often focusing on rivalries or upsets that have happened over the last year. The last world championship was no exception. In the 400 meter hurdles, while everyone was a worthy opponent, the real matchup was between the then world record holder, Karsten Warholm, and Rye Benjamin. As the race progressed, Alison Dos Santos was in the lead, but that didn't seem to matter to the announcers who focused on the battle between Benjamin and Warholm. While they continued to call the race with the expectation that Benjamin would win, they were shocked when Alison Dos Santos, who held the lead the entire race, extended his lead and won by a commanding distance. Dos Santos was the first person from Brazil to win a track and field world title. Achieving your dreams might seem impossible and definitely will take hard work and dedication, but the key is they can be achieved. And we're going to talk about other people who have defied time and circumstance to fulfill what was in their heart in this episode of the Perpetual Good Podcast. It's the Perpetual Good Podcast with your host, Kenneth Hopkins. Join us as we discover the good things that are happening all around us and what we can do to bring even more good to our communities. Perpetual Good Podcast. This is your host, Kenneth Hopkins. And for this first episode of 2023, we're going to be looking at the subject of time. And more specifically, defying or overcoming time and circumstance in order to achieve what is in your heart. Now, for this, we've got a couple of pretty awesome and inspirational stories that I really hope will show you that in spite of it all, it's still possible to go after your dreams and do what for others would seem impossible or too hard to achieve. So let's get right into it with stories of defying time and circumstance.
time is running out. Time is running out in this time Time's season. Time's running out on the final days to get a great Attention, deal. Time is not on your the side. final days of the massive limited time $2 million time furniture. Time is running out. The le- time is running out. Businesses. How many of us can think back about the dreams that we had as we were growing up? And at the time, they were they were perfect. They were what we were living for. But as we've grown up, we've kind of filed them under the childish wishes pile. And we never give them a serious thought. Or if we do happen to think about them, they're just, you know, things that we can laugh at or joke about. Or how many of our dreams fall into that if only pile? It's something that we thought that we could really do, but I had to, I, I got married or I had to move or I had to get a job. All of those circumstances and barriers were the reasons why those dreams never happened. Has anyone ever told you that it wasn't too late to fulfill your dreams? But in your mind, you're thinking, yeah, right. If only that were true. It always seems like dreams are, are kind of like clouds in a way. You can see them and you can appreciate them, but you can never really touch them. And inspirational speakers are quick to use a quote, a dream without a plan is just a wish. And that's supposed to, to spur people on to just put a plan together in order to make it happen. But it's not always that easy, is it? But to be true, it is possible in spite of all of the obstacles to have your dreams fulfilled. And this is the story of one such person. She happens to be the latest winner of the new artist category at the Latin Grammys. Her name is Angela Alvarez and she is 95 years old. Con la esperanza de un nuevo día. Now, Angela, like many young artists, began her love for music while she was in her teens in Cuba in the late 1930s, early 1940s. As much as she loved music, she loved composing songs, and she really had dreams of becoming an artist, that wasn't the wish of her parents and her grandparents. And her elders actually forbade her from pursuing her passion for music. So externally, she set it aside and, and, and did what her, her parents were asking. But privately and secretly, she continued to write and to play music. So from that time on, Angela basically did life for many years. She got married. She raised a family. Um, because of where she was, she had a lot of uh, even painful decisions to make. She, she had to send her children to America by themselves uh, at the time to escape the communist regime that was in, in Cuba. Now, life itself, like it normally does, it provided many highs and lows uh, from being reunited with her children in America to losing her husband and her daughter to cancer. But in all of that, Angela continued to compose music. And over time, she had amassed over 40 different songs. And those songs really told the story of her life. Angela really got all of her joy out of playing for her family in the back of her mind, she never gave up her, her dream, but she was just happy being able to play for her family. But one of the things that came out of that is her 
uh, her grandchild, uh, one of her grandchildren, uh, Carlos Jose Alvarez, ended up becoming a composer. And he, as a composer, started working with uh, some pretty prominent people in the entertainment industry, one of which was Andy Garcia, the actor. Through a series of events, uh, Carlos and Andy ended up creating a documentary on Angela's life called Miss Angela. And to just bring this long story short, her, her life is, is something that you'll want to, to look into. But Carlos then arranged for Angela to go to LA to publish an album of her songs. So after decades, almost 80 years, her dream of an artist was now fulfilled. But it came with an added bonus. It actually came with a few bonuses, but the, the big added bonus that, that came with it was Angela was both nominated and won the honor of Best New Artist at the Latin Grammys. Now, she was the oldest person to receive either honor. Now, in her acceptance speech, Angela said, there are people who give up, but I didn't give up. I always fought. I promise you, it's never too late. Wow. New York, just like I pictured it. Skyscraper and everything. Hey, hey, brother. Hey, come here, Slick. The jury of your peers having found you guilty. Ten years. Come on, come on, get in that cell. What would you do if you were only known for the worst thing you've ever done? What would you do if you were only known for the worst thing you have ever done? Now, these words came from Jason Wong, the founder of Free World. But before we get into what Free World is, we need to look at why an organization like Free World is so necessary. Now, this is going to take a little bit, but just stick with me. Now, when I heard those words coming from Jason, shockwaves just, just reverberated inside of me because I felt that trauma of being labeled, whether it's verbally or by people's actions, and not just labeled. It, it's easy for people to attach labels to you, and sometimes labels are just labels, but there's something so much more sinister when the labels carry with it a level of condemnation or judgment. Now, I've written about it many times in my blog, talking about being followed in stores as the only Black person, uh, being denied jobs and housing once people saw my skin color. Uh, I've been branded as the angry Black man when I'm just trying to make a point. And the list goes on and on. I remember one day at my church, I was uh, both the assistant pastor and the youth pastor one day, one of the elder women pulled me aside, and for reasons I still don't really know, she asked me the following question. She said, 
do you know you are arrogant? And she said it just like that. <laughs> didn't follow up with anything, didn't try to explain it, didn't try to offer any constructive criticism or anything like that. But that that attack was just so was just so stinging. And truthfully, just because of the way that she approached me, as soon as she said that, I just I just stopped listening because it, it literally just was an attack. Now, let it happen one time and okay, fine, you can just brush it off. A few times, okay, it gets a little bit harder, but when it keeps happening again and again, and again, not just the labeling, but the judgment and the condemnation that comes with that, there's a war that starts happening on the inside that makes people, it makes people, on the one hand, they will start to try to embody this. It's like, okay, if this is what everybody thinks of me, I'm just going to be the best whatever that is um, because that's the only attention that I'm going to get or that's the only thing that people are going to see. So I'm going to beat. On the other side, it will make people do whatever they can to remove themselves from that internal war. Now, back in the... 1800s, early 1900s, there was a person by the name of Ota Benga. It's a classic case of what this labeling and judgment can do. Ota was a Mbuti pygmy who was actually captured in Africa and brought to America to be part of a World's Fair exhibit. And then after being released from that, ended up becoming an attraction in the Bronx Zoo. But where he started working there, they decided he was more of an attraction. And so they made him an attraction in the monkey house. Now, eventually he was free. There were a number of black pastors who, who stood up and did everything they could to try to get him freed. And eventually he was freed. But at that point, the damage had been done. The labeling, the condemnation, the criticism, the judgment upon this man was so much that he became so depressed and heartbroken that he eventually committed suicide. All of this to say, negative labels, they have a profound effect on people. And in Jason Wong's case, the label was felon. Now, to be true, Jason did commit the crimes that landed him in jail and also a large percentage of people who are released from jail end up going back to jail for the same crimes within a short period of time. Jason could have very well been a statistic, somebody who cycles in and out of the system, uh, going in and out of prison. The story that rarely gets told is what people like Jason want when they get out of prison. It's not like they're looking to go back. They just want a normal life. In Jason's words, he just said, all I wanted was a good paying job so I could take care of myself and my family. The problem is that employers, when they saw Jason, they didn't see him. All they saw was that label, felon. And that immediately made them think a certain way about him. He couldn't be trusted. He wasn't safe. 
He was going to put the employees in danger. He was going to put the company at risk. So the war inside of Jason was as real as it was with anyone else. But instead of choosing either to embody that or to try to escape it, he found another way. Enter free world. Jason founded free world as a way to take two very real needs in America and make them work together. Now, Free World's program takes people who have been released from prison and trains them to be truck drivers. Now, in America, there are over a million open trucking positions that need to be filled. Free World's mission is to give people who are looking to break that cycle a way to get their life back on track with dignity and respect. So those who go through Free World's program, they're able to start working. And when they get to a certain point, part of the overall program is that they end up giving back into that program so that the next group of people who are coming out of prison have a means to be able to go through it without having to worry about the, the overall cost of going through that program. Now, when you look at national statistics, 68% of people who are released from prison end up going back to prison within three years for the very reasons we just stated, because nobody's gonna hire them, nobody's gonna give them a place to live, and nobody's gonna give them a break. Those who have gone through free world system of the 93 people who have gone through it, only one has gone back to prison. So you could look at the comparison in the regular program of, of prison reform, if you wanna call it that, it's truly a broken system. But 68% to free world, 1%. That's definitely a better ROI. So, breaking that cycle of labeling and condemnation is actually able to take people who have paid their, their debt to society and make them productive members of society here in America. spending time with us here at the Perpetual Good Podcast, and I hope that these stories will encourage you to do whatever it takes to achieve your dreams as you face this new year. But be sure to follow the Perpetual Good Podcast to get notified of upcoming episodes. The theme music for Perpetual Good is Wild and Windy, provided by Bled John, with additional instrumental music, Soaring Above the Waves, by Rolex Music. Content and media management is provided by Imani Tahira. And I leave you with this quote, the source of which is actually unknown. Life's problems wouldn't be called hurdles 
if there wasn't a way to get over them. We'll talk to you next time on the Perpetual Good Podcast. Bye-bye.